Uh, hi, everyone. Hey, I, I'm really glad you all came today. Uh, this is going to be an awesome day. And uh, just worshiping and focusing on God, especially that second song for some reason, really uh, just really resonates with me. I, you know, I, I want to be where you are. I want to be near your heart. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, worship is uh, probably the main thing that renews me. You know, there are a lot of, lot of different ways God gives us to renew ourselves. And they're sometimes referred to as like the disciplines of the faith or, uh, or just the, the, the historic disciplines of the faith, like Bible reading. You know, we ought to read the Bible. And reading the Bible, God strengthens our hearts and our souls. In fact, it's the living word of God. And so as we read the Bible, the living word of God just feeds our hearts and it feeds our souls and our minds. But what I want you to do when you read the Bible is read it to hear God speak to you. Just read it to hear God speak to you because God's voice, you remember Elijah a week or two ago, it was just a whisper that God spoke to him, but that whisper renewed him and put him back on course in his ministry. And when God whispers to us, when he just speaks to us, it renews our hearts and it renews our spirits and it renews our energy. And so uh, read the Bible to hear from God. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with just reading six or eight or 10 chapters of the Bible and just read. I mean, that's really great. And study is really awesome too. Uh, one of the problems I have, I'll start reading in the New Testament and then I'll ask myself, what tense is that verb really in? And I need to go to my Greek text and I need to get stuck in that. But um, so that's all good. But just pick it up, pick a translation you like and read it and say, God, speak to me. There was this um, man in England who ran an orphanage and uh, a very famous man, a man of faith. And someone asked him once how he read the Bible and he said, I read it until God speaks to me. If he speaks to me during the second verse I'm reading, I stop right there. And I just focus on that and I dwell on that. And I ask the Holy Spirit to make it part of who I am and bring it to reality in my life and open my eyes to see it more fully. He said, if I have to read five chapters before God speaks to me, I read five chapters. If I have to read 10 before I, I really hear God speak to me, then I read 10. But I just want to say, read the Bible. God will strengthen your soul through it. And particularly when you're reading it, just asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you through it. But uh, worship is something that takes us outside ourselves in a unique way. Uh, you know, when I get all tangled up inside and I'm feeling depressed or uh, lonely or whatever, and, you know, starting to get into self-pity, um, anybody else here willing to just say, yeah, I, I sure can do that. Um, for me, worship, where it's like you, Jesus, it's you, it's all about you. And I love you and I want to know you better. I, I want to experience your life more. I want to be the man you want me to be and I want to be the places you want me to be. When, when we come outside ourselves and start focusing on him like that, it's just, it just causes all of that stuff to fade away because we see how small it really is. And he, as we worship him, the a work of the Holy Spirit just releases us. It just releases us from all the things that, that try to grab hold of us and drag us down and, and pull us away. And so, uh, boy, I encourage you to worship. You know, you can worship 
at home by yourself. You can worship during your quiet time. Did you know that? You don't have to have a full band up front, you know, for it to be worship. You can, uh, you know, if you have an uh, iPhone or some other smartphone or an iPad, uh, go on to your store app. You can buy all of this worship music, you know, usually for 99 cents, maybe a dollar twenty-nine, And get yourself a worship set of songs that you really like, that really, really lift your heart to God. And make that part of your time with God every day. When you read the Bible, whether you want to read first or worship first, that, that just depends on you. Depends on how things connect with your heart. But um, these uh, there's other disciplines that God gives us of prayer. I mean, the word discipline today, it kind of comes across negatively, doesn't it? So let's just say these other means of, of really growing and fulfilling what he has for us. Like prayer. You know, whether I'm praying for other people who are far away, you know, like friends I have in Pennsylvania or missionary friends that I know uh, or or someone else on staff who's... You know what we call that we call that intercessory prayer because what that means is I am interceding on behalf of that other person who's not here with me right now. But there's another type of prayer that is uh, prayer ministry, and that's when the person's right here in front of me, and that's when I'm I'm looking at them and I'm asking God, what are you doing in their life, and how do you want me to cooperate with that, and. I get to pray directly to what God's doing in their life right now, right at the moment. And I want to tell you, uh, that'll light your life up. If if you're praying for other people, if if you're praying intercessory prayer, that'll light your life up. If you pray for a person live and you see God touch them, you'll never be the same. If you do that out in public somewhere, your life will be wrecked. I mean, you, you will be changed if you, ta- if you, like, uh, you make me brave. Well, what does that mean? Well, that makes me brave, so I'm going to get up and go to work today. Well, for some of us, that might be the case, that that's what it, we, I need God's courage just to go to work today. I'm going to suggest that a lot of us are beyond that, and courage means stepping outside the comfort boundaries I've built in my life. You know, like... When I go to the store, I keep my head down and I get my stuff and I get out of there as fast as I can. That, that's kind of like a boundary. Or, or I don't ever make eye contact with another driver in the parking lot because you know, they're going th- to expect me to give them my spot or something like that. Um, break out of those boundaries, those self-protective boundaries. That's what real courage is when we break through those self-protective boundaries. And if you just walk through the grocery store, just try this. Just walk through the grocery store and just pray for people. And no goal of talking to anybody this time. You just walk through praying for people. And what do you notice? And then go through another time and pray for people and have the goal of just saying hi to somebody. You know, just, uh, you know, just someone's eye contact or whatever. You say hi to them nicely. Then take it another step. Go to the grocery store praying, God, help me to have a conversation with somebody. And you know what you're doing is you're building up a heart of love for other people by doing that. 
You're taking the focus away from me and what I'm comfortable with and where my boundaries are, where, my, where, you know, where the edges of my comfort zone are, and you're extending beyond that. That's what love is, and it takes courage to do that. And before you know it, if you do that, you will be encountering someone that you're going to be emboldened to pray for, and God's going to show up, and he's going to touch their life, and it's going to, it's going to really wreck yours, so in a good way. But um, all of these things are things that God uses uh, to just, just to bless us and to help us to grow in our relationship with him. Other people and relationships that we get into uh, will, will really bless and strengthen and help the believer. And, and a few other key things too. But you know, today what I want to do is just take a few moments to talk to you about spiritual growth. And my intent really is to introduce the fall festival that's outside and the, the classes that we're starting here this fall and encourage you to consider tying into one of those. So um, what is spiritual growth? That's a good question. You know, I think there are a couple of different ways to look at it. First, think of a person who uh, is maybe distant from God. They don't even know if God's real. They're trying to figure that out. They probably call themselves an agnostic, maybe even an atheist. And for some reason, through a set of circumstances, uh, you know, they have somewhat of a, they have an open heart and through relationships and other things, they come to a point where they say, you know, I've, I've concluded after these last two weeks that God is real. All right. They've moved from being an atheist or an agnostic to now saying God is real I call that spiritual growth, okay? They're moving in the right direction, aren't they? Now, for us, we're a Christian church, so obviously um, what we have to offer people is the life of Jesus. And, and, and that's, that's what we want to see them experience, the life of Jesus. But let's say that person takes another step, and they come to the conclusion that Jesus, maybe Jesus really is the Son of God. You know, I never thought that before, but I'm, I'm starting to think that now. Okay, that's another step in spiritual growth, moving ahead on their spiritual path. Now, let's, um, let's, let's, let's ask ourselves, does anyone ever do that totally alone? Does that ever happen like totally alone? Maybe on rare occasions, but almost never. They're almost always almost always the input of other people, other people talking, other people encouraging something. You hear someone say on TV or something, even you read in a book. But other people are involved in that process. And that's actually uh, what we do here in the Alpha course. That's why we do Alpha. Because it's all designed to help a person who has questions about God and they just they, they either don't know if they're a Christian or not or they would not profess they would not claim the name Christian themselves, but they are really hungry and they're, they're looking and they want to figure it out and they want to be in a safe atmosphere to figure it out. So in Alpha, what we do is we provide a safe atmosphere. And what that means is there's nobody there that's going to shake our finger in another person's face. If someone comes in and says, well, I haven't really concluded if Jesus is really God's son or not, we don't all, you know, draw back in horror or anything. I mean, it's just, hey, we're all seeking. You know, we're all trying to figure stuff out. And man, we're so glad you're here trying to figure that out. 
We're so glad you're here, uh, really as, asking your questions here. So Alpha is all about loving people as they process through where they are in, in their relationship with God, who Jesus is, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, what the Bible is, and, and uh, on and on. But it's a wonderful course. And I just want to say, if uh, you're here and you have questions, you're not sure the Bible's really true, you're not really sure if there is a God. You're not really sure if Jesus is the Son of God. I would encourage you to take Alpha. Start there. It's a great place to start. It will help you to process in a safe environment. And really, it all comes down to this. Uh, we respect other people. And so we respect other people as they make their own personal decisions along their own personal journey. And so uh, we will respect you as you do that. But uh, I, I would encourage you to consider Alpha. Now, um, think of another person related to spiritual growth. Uh, the second person has come to know Jesus. They've accepted Jesus as their Savior. And as they are reading the Bible, they read one day that they are a child of God. And they just, they, they're just shaken by that. And their hearts lit up by that because they knew they were forgiven and going to heaven. But now they read, wait a second, you mean I get more than that? It's more than just me being forgiven and going to heaven. I'm actually God's child. And they start to contemplate that. And they let that kind of soak into their heart. That is, again, spiritual growth. Or let's say a person who's become a believer in Christ uh, is impatient with a coworker. And then they walk away from that interaction and they think, wait a second. I don't think Jesus would have done that. And I, I need to, boy, something's going to change in my heart because I've been impatient with this person different times and I've got to change. And so they start calling out to God, God, show me what, root this out of my heart. That, that it, what, why am I being impatient with them? We're not talking about surface change here. Do you know surface change using techniques like putting a rubber band on my wrist and every time I get impatient, I snap it so I won't say something mean to somebody. Actually, that is better than not saying something mean to someone, okay? But it's not spiritual growth. Uh, that's like telling a kid who wants to be taller to get elevator shoes. Oh, you're not, well, just, you know, stand on, stand on the step and then you'll be taller. Now, that, that's just external. It's not real. You, we tell the kid, eat your vegetables, exercise, don't smoke cigarettes, and you'll grow tall. You know, at least that's what they told me, <laughs> my generation. Um, and so we're talking about real internal change here. But, but when that person from the heart overcomes that impatience, that's spiritual growth. And we all are called to grow spiritually. All of us are. None of us are to uh, just hang back and be content or to feel like we're as far as we need to be. And, um, you know, my own relationship with Jesus, I, I shared on July 12th my story, how I came to know Christ. You can go back pick, and listen to that podcast if you want to, to hear the full story. But uh, just in brief here, I, um, you know, I'd flunked out of college and I heard Billy Graham on TV and he gave the same message that I had heard in Sunday school in this little Baptist church. And as he preached, I was just, my heart was just drawn and I received Christ that night and uh, really experienced some profound changes in my life. However, due to some wrongheaded thinking, I thought I could be a Christian 
all on my own. And so I went for a few months reading the Bible. I was joy, I mean, I some freedom. I'd go out in the woods and read the Bible. And I just, you know, God would speak to me and it was wonderful. But after a few months, all on my own like that, I crashed. And I shared that in, in the sermon from a few weeks ago. But I, just, I crashed real bad. And um, it, it took me a few months to come out of that. But uh, a few things happened. I think I referred to my cousin in the other message and listening to Billy Graham message again. But another key thing that I didn't mention then was going back to that little church that I had grown up in. And, and one night I was with a friend named Rocky and he had a car. And I said, Rocky, would you drive me down to the Baptist church? I think they have a service on Wednesday nights at seven o'clock. And we drove by and no one was there. It was five after seven, which was kind of typical. And, and I said, well, I'm just going to go home. And he said, no, he said, I'm going to drive you back down there again. And so we drove down by and here the people had come and lights on in the church. And so I got out and I went in and I reconnected with my Sunday school teachers from when I was a kid. And let me tell you, these were old people. I mean, they were really, really old. And uh, at least in their 60s, you know. I'm sure they were younger than I am now, but at that time when I was 20, I thought they were really old. And they were not cool. They were not people I would have hung out with ever. But man, I got to tell you, I kept going back Wednesday night after Wednesday night and started going to church again. And they lifted my heart. They lifted my soul. They helped me through that difficult first couple months of breaking away from so many different things in my life I needed to leave behind. And um, then when I went to college, I connected with this group called Campus Crusade. Actually, a guy I had known the year before had gotten saved, and he came over to me in the cafeteria to witness to me. And he said, mind if I sit down? And then he said, this was his line to introduce, you know, Jesus. He says, so what's new in your life? And I said, well, I accepted Christ, and my life's different. And so I, I beat him to the punch. Because that's, that's what he wanted to tell me about. But uh, through meeting him, I connected with Campus Crusade. And we had these Bible studies called action groups. And in the action group, we studied the Bible. We fellowshiped. We prayed. And then we went out on campus and witnessed to people. The only thing we didn't do that we do here is worship. And, um, man, I can remember leaving those meetings and just six or eight of us and just feeling on top of the world. I, you know, I'd go to those and I'd feel a little down and can I do this and Jesus and fraternity's still there. And, and I'd go out of, I'd go away from those meetings, just feel like, man, God, you are so real. You are so awesome. I love you. And, and I'm going to, boy, nothing's going to ever keep me from following you. And that, that small group just had an incredibly profound impact on my life. And I want to say, that's what our growth groups are here. Now, we also have life groups, which are ongoing small groups, and we'll highlight those another, another weekend. But for today, these growth groups are opportunities for you to connect with some other people that are following Jesus around a topic that is of interest to you. So you're going to be studying the Word of God, what it says about that topic. There's going to be some worship. There's going to be some prayer ministry. There'll be some outreach in that group eventually uh, towards the end of the group. But I believe it'll do for you what it, what it did for me in my life and what it's done for so many other people. And that is 
just give you life because we need each other. None of us do this alone. None of us do. You can't do it alone. In fact, the Bible doesn't even have a concept for a Christian who tries to do it on their own. There's no place in the Bible. The New Testament doesn't talk about the, the, lone, uh, the lone Christian. It's all, um, it's, uh, you can tell me later. It is all, it's all in community. It's all part of the church. And so, and, and that means more than just coming and hearing a message right now. We want this to be encouraging, but I want to encourage you. Eight weeks, 10 weeks to connect with one of these growth groups. There's a variety of topics. And if you haven't picked up a catalog, you can go through it. And uh, the catalog's really nicely done. It'll tell you the different topics and times and places that these groups are going to be. I believe it has the potential to change your life if you step into it and stick with it. And so I just want to encourage you in that. Now, I want to look at one short verse very quickly that um, talks about spiritual growth, give you something to meditate on and think about. But this is 1 Peter 2, verses 2 and 3. He says this, he says, since you've already tasted the Lord's what? Goodness. Say that all together. The Lord's goodness. Let's say that. The Lord's goodness. You've tasted the Lord's goodness. Like newborn babies long for pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow in your experience of salvation. One of the clearest verses in the New Testament on what spiritual growth is. It's growing in our experience of salvation. Salvation happens at a moment in time, but then for the rest of our lives, we grow in the experience of salvation. And what does he start off saying? Since you have tasted of the Lord's goodness. So he's referring to a person who knows Jesus. Since you've tasted of the Lord's goodness. I want to tell you, spiritual growth is all based upon understanding God's goodness. You grow when you understand God's goodness. Not understanding his wrath or anything like that. It's when you understand his goodness. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It's not the fear that God has a stick and if I do the wrong thing, he's going to hit me with it. All that's going to produce out of fear is maybe some external change and a whole lot of resentment and rebellion. But it is when I realize God is good. I've tasted his goodness. I want more. Why do I want that? I don't want that anymore. I want God. And another thing comes up that interferes with my relationship with the Lord. I I don't want that. I want God. And so it's tasting him that draws us into a deeper relationship with him and gives us then the grace to repent and to see that you know, and repent just means turn away from something, just to just brush this other stuff out of the way. Get out of the way. I want God. I want him. I've tasted him. You know, we have a whole jar of M&Ms in the office, and I normally walk by them and I don't eat them because I know if I eat one, I'll be eating them all day. You know, just one. I taste one, and it tastes so good that all my willpower is gone then. Prepare a sermon. I don't want that. I want more M&M's. You know, read this book. Forget it. I want M&M's. And that's what the Lord's like. 
and we can taste his goodness. We want to experience his goodness. And then we just want more and more and more of his goodness. And here's the thing. It is, he says, like newborn babies. Now stop right there. He's not saying all of you spiritual babies long for uh, pure milk. He's saying like babies. So any of you ever seen a baby? Any of you ever seen a nursing baby? Okay, nursing babies are voracious. They want milk. And I remember when our kids were just babies, and if they get hungry, and I was holding them, if you just like, just tickle their cheek, do you know what happens? Their mouth opens up like a baby, well, not like a baby bird, but it goes like that. It just goes just like that, as wide as they can open it with a little bit wider on the side that the breast is on, or they think it's on. And they want, they want to connect. They want that milk. That's all they want. And so he's saying, however long you've been a Christian, whether you've been a believer for, you're a baby believer, or you've been a Christian for 40 years, he's saying, you, just like a newborn baby longs for milk, you long for God. And he's, I mean, this is a command. It's not like, well, I'm just not with that these days. I'm depressed. No, he's saying it's our duty. It's our job to do that. And so we can stir passion within ourselves. We stir passion within ourselves by the places we put ourselves. And when I, when I hear a message like this and I say, oh God, I want more passion for you. I want to obey this. I want to desire you just like a baby desires its mother's milk. I want to long for you just like that. And then we, we taste, you know, we just open the Bible and read it till God speaks to us. We worship and focus on him and we experience his presence and we let things fall behind that are hindering us and holding on to us that aren't of God. And, and as we do that, the hunger increases and the hunger grows and it increases. And so that's the, I want to pray that over all of you today. I just pray that blessing over you, that there would be hunger for God's word, hunger to hear his voice, uh, to, to, uh, worship, to pray, to spend time with other believers. You got to do that. If you don't, you will, you will falter. And so uh, th- these are invitations today for us as a church body to do this and for us as a church body to grow and move ahead and become stronger. Now, the, the course I didn't mention yet is School of Kingdom Ministry. And um, I left it to last because um, I, I want to say this about it. It is, it is the most profound thing I've experienced in my Christian life. It's, if I had to choose between that and seminary to prepare for ministry, I'd take Sockham. It's, I mean, it, it brought so many things to clarity for me that I wondered about, and I thought that might be right, but it was like a, and going through Sockham was just, just brought to clarity. And it will not only show you who you are in Christ, but it also, you, you experience, you get to experience God. And you get to see God working in other people's lives. And you get to begin to take steps of hearing God speak. And how you can hear God speak and how he can work not only in you, but through you in the lives of others. And so I want to say this, Alpha is the starting point, particularly if you're really seeking your, your solidity in your relationship with Christ. 
Sockham is the direction I want us all to head. I want everyone to think right now, I'm going to take Sockham. Okay, will you all say that with me? I'm going to take Sockham. All right, now this might not be the right year for you. It's a nine-month course. But I want to put that into our minds. Someday, I'm going to take Sockham. That's the direction I'm headed. Now, if that's not the right thing for you, then these growth groups are fantastic. And we have some astounding topics and leaders and groups to choose from. So I encourage you to think of those. Now, I'm going to to say a prayer. We're going to have our prayer team come down for uh, anyone that needs prayer today. And uh, then we're going to release you and encourage you to go out to the fall festival, which is uh, you'll be going out this side of the auditorium and right through those two doors. And you do get to taste the pie, okay? I said you didn't first service, and then it went out, and you do get to taste the pie. They're having a pie tasting contest, and there are tastes of pie for everyone. But um, I had this word that a friend brought to me, that someone this morning had something break in their home, like a water pipe, car, something broke that, that was a big discouragement to you as it happened. But you're here, nevertheless, and God's saying that what he wants is in your heart, if you'll just, just like you had to give up that lawnmower that broke or the garage door or whatever it was, you have to release that. If you just release your heart to him in that way and in brokenness, that he has something really special and powerful for you today. So if that's you, come on down and get prayer. Let's all stand, okay? The prayer teams have come down right now, please. Uh, Father God, we thank you for your incredible love for us and your unbelievable goodness. And we want to hunger more for you. That's what we want. We want to hunger more for you. So Holy Spirit, come now and release a deeper hunger. Give us grace, Lord, just to take it the next step and the next step after that. Bless, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.